0: This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part.
1: Good morning. Happy Monday to you. I believe the term would be short-staffed, skeleton-staffed, however you want to take it for this week. Buzz and Lisa both off all week, but uh, Joanna and I are here for you. Good morning, Joanna. Good
2: morning!
1: Joanna a little upset as she said that baseball is now negatively affecting her life.
2: Yeah, who would have thought it would directly affect me?
1: So that's something that's been going on for a while, and that's what led to me not following the Treehouse of Horror episodes on The Simpsons anymore, because for some reason, Fox felt the need to... I mean, I get that they have the World Series and they're going to bump it, right?
2: I guess, yeah.
1: So they have baseball. Uh Uh-huh. And the whole thing was that they are going to preempt any of their regular programming. But the one thing I never quite understood is why not play the Treehouse of Horror episodes earlier in October?
2: That's a good point.
1: Because what would happen is they would bump them into November. And I guess this year they're doing the same thing. They're putting it on November 1st. Yes. Which isn't horrific. At least that's within a day. But there were times it wasn't going to like a week after. Really? And it was awful because at that point you're out of Halloween mode, right? Right, Well, not you, Joanna. You're in Halloween mode 365. (laughs) But for myself, Halloween's over. You know? Yeah. Just seems very odd to me.
2: If only there was like sports dedicated channels for that. I
1: know, right? (laughs) Well, we got a lot of sports that we're going to get to today. We had uh, the American League and the National League. We know who they're sending to the World Series. Okay. Football yesterday. A lot of really good football to be had. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, pretty stinking good. They thumped on the Packers. I saw this random story. I don't know if this is something you'd want to bring up in entertainment news later, but did you ever watch Home Improvement?
2: I did, yeah.
1: So you know the older kid, Zachary Ty Bryan. I
2: do, and I've heard about him already. <laughs> and
1: he just got arrested. In Eugene, Oregon, by the way. Where's that, Brandon? It's about an hour and a half south of Portland. Okay. Lived there for about a year. That's where the University of Oregon is at, and it's apparently where he lives now. So I would imagine Joanna will probably get to that a little bit coming up in <laughs> entertainment news.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, that man, that was a big show for me back in the day. That was a great show. That
2: was a good show. And they show it every now and then on this one channel. Laugh, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Love, I love tuning that thing in. My family hates it, though. Oh. My wife's like, this is a white person show. <laughs> I was like, it is. It's great. I love it. And uh, so, yeah, he was arrested. He was the older of the three kids. I remember the one really cool thing was the how creative the bumpers were. When they would switch from scene to scene on Home Improvement, that was something that was always really cool that they had going on there. So we'll have entertainment news coming up. Uh, Regular news, Joanna, what do we have going on in regular news coming up today?
2: In regular news, well, Pfizer, the apparent front runner in developing a COVID-19 vaccine, says its results won't be ready until mid-November at the earliest. So that dims any lingering expectation that there would be a
1: vaccine by election day. Like it's gonna drop the day after election day. Because remember that's what we've heard. Right. I, I I wrote it down in my calendar. You did Because I remember when Trump said it the day after. We're gonna open up on November fourth. And I, I just it says right here, Wednesday, November fourth, I wrote down Trump says we'll reopen.
2: Well, Pfizer's saying that it won't be until the Uh, The earliest, the third week of November.
1: Okay. I mean, that's still moving things along pretty quickly when it comes to a new vaccine.
2: Very quickly.
1: Uh, Also coming up on the show, Lisa got to do an interview with Amy Lee. This was a few weeks ago, and it's just, it's never been aired, so we're going to get to that. Also, coming up this week, we have an interview that Lisa did with Corey Taylor, lead singer of Slipknot, Stone Sour, also the new solo stuff that Corey Taylor's got going on. Have you heard any of his new solo stuff?
2: I have, yeah. That's good. Really good.
1: It's really good. It's really good workout music, too. I really
2: like that song we keep replaying on the air.
1: Black Eyes Blue? Yeah. I dig that song a lot. That's a great song. And then the one with um, Tech 9, CMFT Must Be Stopped.
2: and that is a real good one.
1: Love those songs. Also coming up this week, Derek Wyatt from Wyatt and Underwood uh, Trial Lawyers. They're going to be coming in, or he is going to be coming in, because Justin's off uh, hunting elk Nice. this week. I reached out to him last week, (laughs) and he said that, uh, sorry, I can't make it in. I'm going to be out hunting. So he is going to be off out, uh, hopefully getting himself an elk, and Derek Wyatt will be in to uh, do an Ask a Lawyer segment, so I believe we're going to be doing that coming up on Wednesday. So if you do okay. have a legal question or anything, by all means, get those things ready to go for Wednesday. Shim is also going to be calling in at some point this week. I was talking to him yesterday, oh, cool, and I mentioned to him that I was going to be hosting this week, so he immediately goes, well, do you want me to call in? <laughs> sure. Why not? He's great. It's very difficult trying to figure out the time change because... They do their daylight savings time in Australia, slightly different than us, about two weeks off. What? But since it's on the other side of the globe, they go in the other direction.
2: So they go behind?
1: So the way that we would, we would do it, is, technically they're ahead of us. They, uh, they were 16 hours ahead of us. Right now, they are 17 hours ahead of us. But then when we change our clocks, they're going to be 18 hours ahead of us. So there's a two-hour two two flip Okay. when it comes to Australia. So whenever the, the daylight savings time hits, he and I become just complete idiots, and we never are able <laughs> to figure out exactly what we're supposed to do. In, in, are we recording now, or is it in an hour? What are we doing? Is it now? It's now, right? Okay, it's now. So that always pops up when it comes to uh, <laughs> Rockstar 101 with Shim, but we'll have him call in later this week. Oh, so uh, Steve Trevino, a oh, uh, cool. comedian, he's going to be calling in. He's got a new special out, My Life in Quarantine, <laughs> uh, which is pretty good. And he's also got his um, podcast that he does with his wife as well. And this was before I think you were on the show, Joanna, but we mm-hmm. did the, poop, uh, the Pube Paris challenge.
2: I've heard of this. Yes. Was he the one that was here?
1: He it was his idea.
2: It was his. Idea.
1: It was his idea. I remember he came in. He was in the, on a Thursday and a Friday after Thursday's show. He brought up the idea to buzz. I didn't want to do it, uh-huh. but I was like, "All right, fine, I'll do it." And then I was the one that got the the, the face full of pubes <laughs> oh, on that one. And I was just I just watched that this past weekend. I went and did a podcast some. Uh, some guys here in El Paso, I was on their podcast. Uh, that that episode will be dropping coming up next Sunday. Oh, cool. And we were watching a lot of our old videos, a lot of Buzz versus Brandon stuff and things like that.
2: Those were great.
1: And I'll get an article up, too, about where you can find their podcast so that you can uh, go check it out. It was a lot of fun doing that with them this weekend. I get, they split theirs into two forty-five 45-minute segments. Uh-huh. The second segment, we went for like an hour and 45. Sweet. Because we just were having fun chatting it up.
2: You know what video I love to rewatch of Buzz and Brandon? Which one? The bird box fighting one. Wow, we
1: watched that one too.
2: What <laughs> makes me laugh
1: every time. <laughs> you need to watch early on because in one of the first few punches I throw, it pops the bird <laughs> yeah. right off the top of his head. Like it was a perfectly thrown punch, considering the fact that we were blindfolded.
2: My favorite part, it's very underrated. It's at the beginning when Buzz is doing the intro. And you and Lisa are in the background and you're blindfolded and she's all branded and she tries to throw like a Skittle in your mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that part. And robots, <laughs> well, nobody see what's happening in the back. <laughs> that video is hilarious.
1: If you want to check those videos out, you can find them. Our flagship station, KLAQ's YouTube channel. You're able to go find those over there. Just look up the bird boxing challenge. It was when, you know, Bird Box was big. Everybody was doing things blindfolded. I think we even did something for Instagram. It never made it to the website, but we had done it for Instagram where we stayed blindfolded and then raced down the hallway.
2: Mm.
1: And Buzz was cheating.
2: Of course he was.
1: (laughs) Because he had a gap underneath his blindfold down here, Uh, and he was able to go like this, and he was able to see where he was going. Hi, Buzz. (laughs) But that's one of the least shocking things on the planet, right? Right. All this week, Buzz and Lisa are off. We're going to get, I'm I'm thinking, I'm hoping Sal might be able to come in and help us out this week so we could get Sal in here a little bit. Talk some more sports. We got that that coming up. We got uh, five random facts on the way. But the interview with Amy Lee is coming up next here for your
0: Monday. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast.
3: Lisa Sanchez here from the Buzz Adams Morning Show, and I am talking to Amy Lee from Evanescence. How are you doing today? Hey, good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, I know you are probably stuck in quarantine still, um, and I know that this is definitely going to be a different record because of that, uh, just because of the times we're living in. Now, the band, you're kind of releasing songs almost in real time as they're being completed. So... My question for you is, do you think we've come to a point where releasing an entire album really isn't necessary? Um, Instead of fans having to wait like a year or two to hear all the songs as one big lump, could a band start releasing batches every few months? Or do you think it's still important for fans to hear your record from beginning to end in its entirety?
4: I feel like it's a, a choice. It's just a stylistic choice. And for us being a rock band and you know, not just that, but the way that we've always made our albums kind of an epic journey, you know, with moments in between and, and different parts. I, making an album is still really important to us. So right. we still want it to end up at that place. But I, we definitely feel a new sense of freedom about how music can be released and that we don't have to wait for the whole thing to be finished to release it. Because I mean, everybody, myself included, listens to music in a different way and I can enjoy a full album, but I also often enjoy just listening to a song and this kind of, especially since this year sucks so hard <laughs> like, to give, you know, to keep having something that we can um, experience together with the fans and connect to people and, and just get our music out there, it just feels really good to do, so it's kind of kind of keeping me alive at this moment i'm i'm enjoying it it's been good
3: for me yeah and i know that you know obviously you are recording the album and the music during the pandemic and your band you were all together with your producer for about a month uh quarantining and recording Uh, so how did that work and were you recording every single day in writing were there like breaks you were able to take or even some group activities or hobbies that you all got Uh, into to kind of break up the mundane oh i well yeah
4: actually yes a little bit um we we have literally just had to go through this whole thing without long term plans. Right. Like, here's what we can do in this moment. Here's what, here's how we can get the next part. You know, here's how we can get the next step done. Um, and when we finally um, found a way to get together, you know, with tour buses and you know, COVID tests and just <laughs> staying together for a big chunk of time to do actually the second batch of songs because we did the first batch in February when we all could be together. Yeah. But um, between, you know, getting together for a while to record some band stuff, getting getting pieces remotely from Jen, who's in Germany, and we actually can't be together for this year. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, just the fact that I I'm still writing because it's not like we can just keep getting together whenever we want. Like, whipping up tour buses and getting everybody together is kind of like a one-shot deal. We can't do that five times. It's really expensive when you have <laughs> shows to pay for the bus. Exactly, yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, this is what we can do. We're going to get together in this time. We're going to write some stuff. We're going to record some stuff. And then you guys go away, and I'm going to, like, work in the aftermath for a while until the next part. Um, and we've kind of gotten to a second or our third, fourth, whatever, fifth part now um, because uh, Troy... Who's from Atlanta was able to you know drive himself back up there. He got another test, you know, got his negative result. Came here and he's doing some guitar overdubs on the songs so I've already recorded vocals to. Um, so I, I, I we're not exactly quarantined anymore. We just we're taking like you know the measures that we need to take to make it completely safe for ourselves and our families and people that you know we come in contact with. So it's been different, and a lot of the difference as far as writing and stuff is just that it can't be really on the schedule that we decide we sort of have to do what we can and work with that. And honestly, that is just, that has given me and I know all of us like kind of a new gratitude when we can get together and we can make the music. It's just like, Oh, thank God, not only human contact, but like I'm back in my element. Like we can get together and, and be good at something like (laughs) control something, you know, make music and, and feel, um, the release that that gives when you're able to, to make a song, so it's been hard, but I'm. It's also been really uh, life giving too.
3: That's awesome. All right, so I know growing up for me personally, you were just a huge role model for me, um, especially because I loved your voice, but you didn't really have that powerful operatic sound. Like I loved growing up like Sarah Brightman, Tori Amos, um, artists like that, and then here comes you with the rock amazingness around it. Uh, my question for you is, I always wonder, well, who were your influences growing up? Because I know I looked at you mm-hmm. and I was like, that's that's the kind of singers that I want to hear. But I, I don't really remember too many before, immediately before you. So who did you have yeah. growing up?
4: That's cool. Thank you. I it, it would probably surprise you because I loved Tori Amos. That was a huge influence for sure. Yeah. But, and I loved Nirvana. I loved a lot of things that I don't exactly sound like Um, And for me, it was kind of like taking inspiration from everything from classical music to Soundgarden to Bjork. Bjork was, um, she has been like the biggest artistic musical inspiration in my life, honestly, as a singer. But also like in her music making, um, it's funny. I was just like digging back into some old stuff last night. I was listening to Homogenic, which was a really big album for me when I was like, a teenager right? and being inspired by all this music um, in that beautiful 90s alternative realm um, and I heard a song that I hadn't heard in forever and I, I had loved it so much called Pluto and I remembered like this to me was so metal like it's coming from a different place because it's an electronic artist but it is absolutely like wild and heavy and dissonant and there's so many different things that music can be if you just sort of shift your mind and open your mind to like instrumentation and combination. So I found inspiration from a lot of weird, weird and interesting and unique things.
3: Awesome. Well, I know you weren't just a role model for me. I know Taylor Momsen, Lizzie Hale, they have both praised you as someone that they looked up to. Does it make you almost have like a sense of pressure to continue living up to that role? Or are you just kind of proud of it. I,
4: I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know if I know my role. All we can really do is focus on, you know, the future, you know, um, doing the best that that we can at what we do. I love making music and it's been something that's been really fulfilling in my life. Um, and I, I never could have expected how it would go, you know, or, or that I would be here now or any of this. And I am eternally grateful. for what it's, it's given to me just in that I, it's, it's like my diary. It's like a place where I can really pour um, all of my thoughts and feelings and somehow it feels safe to say anything and everything that I can't always say in real life in the music. And that has become something that I have gotten to see in other people, you know, speaking to them on a level that they maybe can't talk about it either or don't have an outlet for it. And we've made connections with people all over the world, you know, yeah. in a way that I—I I wasn't trying to do that. It's something that happened through me trying to heal my own wounds, and then we found this just world of other people that are just like us, and um, that's just been a, just a, an amazing journey that I've gotten to take with the
3: You know, and this year we've seen Amy go from not only a powerful rock singer to just a powerful and passionate voice for the things that you believe in. Now, before you decided to start using your voice, you know, as a platform for good, were you afraid of losing fans? Because we saw this especially like in the Taylor Swift documentary where Mm. she had to fight against the record label and people in her industry telling her, don't say these things, don't stand up. Did you feel that pressure as well?
4: Man, well, first of all, we have an incredible team with us now and my manager is so supportive about uh-huh. things like that. Um, the art has to come first, like, yeah. and that's a given in everything that we've been doing, um, about what being true to ourselves. The album's called the bitter truth for a reason it's about, it's not about showing your prettiest side. It's about showing your realist inside, um, and being more your true self on the outside at any cost. Um, And I feel like there's a way um, that you can have a strong opinion and still be respectful to your fellow humans, you know, that don't necessarily agree with you. We all, I don't know about you, but (laughs) we all have different family members and friends that don't believe exactly like we do and aren't on the same, you know, political um, path or whatever in this moment when things are so controversial and crazy but we can still love each other and we can still respect each other and we can certainly still listen to each other and that's how it's all going to start. I feel like that's an important line and, and use my voice is if we can't talk about it we'll just keep drowning in it. Um, I think that this is a year and a moment for awakening and conversation and I want to be a part of that. I, I got to a point in the studio where we were working on the song um, and I just felt convicted by my own words um, that yeah. we needed to, that being silent right now is a statement in itself, and not one that I want to make. So um, we can do that. We can we can be true to ourselves and 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 still you know leave room for other people's um, beliefs as well. You know, um, but I do think it's important right now to to stand up for what you believe in, and also to you know. Find your own information, open your eyes and ears, you know. Yeah, well, when
3: you're talking about Use My Voice, and this is such a powerful anthem. And you've said it was initially inspired by the incredibly brave and strong woman, Chanel Miller, after hearing her victim impact statement. Um, The song has now molded into kind of a rallying cry for everyone. Um, first of all, I want to ask, have you heard from her? Because I know you've been very outspoken saying that she inspired the song in the beginning. Um, have you heard anything from her from that? You no, know, I, I actually haven't. I I kind of, I'm not on my social media
4: that often actually right now um, <laughs> because we're working really hard.
3: Yeah, understandable.
4: <laughs> um, but I, every once in a while I'm like, oh yeah, I wonder if she's, I don't know what her life is like. So I'm not, yeah, I haven't reached out or anything. No, I haven't heard that. That would be cool. But I think the point is that um, her story was so powerful and inspiring. I know that it inspired many people because as much as I've talked about um, her impact statement and what it did for me, so many people that um, I've said that to have responded with similar uh, feelings about that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was super interesting just because you're using Use My Voice. It came from an inspiration from Chanel. And then now you've partnered with Headcount to get more people to register to vote. Um, so, Mike, how did you begin working with them? And how has the song become their anthem for the 2020 election? So how did that marriage come about?
4: Well, that that topic, talking about right now what's going on, the state of our um our government and what's happening that is very much like the theme for the song as well um and where it it ended up going after the initial writing so um as i was talking about you know feeling convicted by my own words like what can i actively do that would help like how can we help we can't just complain about a problem like we want things to happen we want things to change then what can i do to like Spread that love and hope and positivity and and thought for people to understand how important it is to use their voice right now. There right. are a lot of people whose voices are being unheard mm-hmm. all over the world and in America. And I think um, we just got the idea that it would be the perfect moment to um, think about voting and um, people coming together in that way. And headcount is. A nonpartisan organization that's worked in the music industry for a long time. They usually go to concerts. You probably see them around. Yeah, I have. <laughs> for people to sign up to vote. <laughs> yeah. And so they're really cool. It, it, what I love about the like their site and their whole mission is all just about getting people to vote, um, especially young people. And what they do is they just make it easier. Like you go to the website and all the information that you kind of have to dig around for to get all the specifics, like where you're going to vote, when you're going to vote. Like where you're polling places, there's, there's different rules in every state about getting your info submitted at the right times and, and yeah. just a bunch of little things. And this year with COVID and everything else, like if we can make one thing easier that's so important, I feel like that's a hugely awesome cause. So um, it's just a super concise. I've used it multiple times myself. Just like, wait a minute, what, when can I go early vote or whatever? Um yeah, it's, I'm very happy to be a partner with them and it's been cool to get to know Andy um, the director of it because I we text each other now I'll ask them questions
3: like is this legal? How do you do this? Well, like. and those are those are the questions that people really don't know. I mean, like, we have, you know, in different areas where you live, you can kind of find those things, but it's difficult to find. It so is. if there is one site, it makes it a whole lot easier for someone, especially if you're a new voter. I mean, uh, right. I think the thing that baffled me was, I mean, 100 million people didn't vote in the 2016 election, which means yeah. they weren't using their voice. And right. those are people that need to sign up for this year's election.
4: Totally. I, totally. I, we all need to be represented. And I think that... Um, That's something everybody can get behind, so if we just all, like, get together and and make our voices heard, then, then we have the best shot at being represented as a whole.
3: Yeah, and, I mean, we did talk about how your inspiration for Use My Voice and it's kind of turned into this rallying cry. I mean, one of the biggest moments for me in the video was in the first, like, what, five seconds when it's you and then you see the White House. I mean, how did you decide on that? First of all, it's powerful because I was like, oh, I'm about to sit down and watch something right now. <laughs> like, I was loving it. But how did that uh, thought come about?
4: Uh I You know what? We started... Uh, Eric Howell, the director, he's a he's a film director, actually, and he... Uh, we worked together when I did a... I wrote, like, the end title song for a film he did with Amelia Clark called Boys from Stone a few years ago, and then he directed my b- music video, and it was just, like, a great experience. Um, so we had been talking about this song, honestly, for over a year a little bit, and then it turned into Please Direct the Video. He's just an artist friend of mine. I, I like right. to talk to different artists and kind of get feedback, and... We just sort of help each other out. Um, and he loved the initial song when it wasn't even done, I showed it to him. Um, and then we were talking about the video back in like January, February, because we thought that this was gonna be the first single that we'd be releasing in March. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit and everything changed and the the moment, the mood, the meaning of what we were gonna do had to cha- either wait or change. Yeah. Um, so we just went a different direction. We had Wasted on You Ready to Go, which ended up being just perfectly right in the moment with all those feelings we were then instantly feeling um so it worked out but like we kept changing the video treatment like yeah. we had a whole other video idea that had a lot to do with like me this is hilarious if you think about it now like pushing like like like, going upstream in a crammed-in crowd, like, all pushing one direction. I'm squeezing through going the other direction. Like, totally impossible things to do now that we have to social distance. Oh,
3: I didn't think about that at first. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, oh, yeah, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I so totally there forgot. There were all these
4: different, yeah, and, like, different travel that could have occurred that we had to just keep kind of changing parts. Um, not, but we never wanted it to be like, oh, we can't do this. We'll just have performance here. It kept being like we were inspired by what was happening around us. Yeah. So that moment um, where you see the White House, I mean, for me, it, it's standing up and looking out at a world that feels broken and feels um, like like something's coming, like a like a revolution, like a like a like the people's voices just stepping out and, and looking out at the world and going, okay, like it's time for me to open my eyes and and do whatever I can. Like, so, um, making the choice in that moment was a little bit of a, oh, are we gonna do this kind of? Yeah. Stuff, like, for sure, um, but it felt so good to do. And then what, what actually turned out to be very crazy to me was it came out, you know, on, I'm trying to remember like what day the video came out, but then the very next day there was literally fireworks on the White House lawn. And I was looking at it going, like, there is no way that I could have
3: planned that that would actually happen. (laughs) You're like, we just continued on to the White House, actually, with all of our glow sticks in the air. We were ready for it. Uh, One thing I really like, too, is for headcount, for people that do register to vote through the website, um, you're going to do a live stream concert in October, am I correct?
4: Yeah, I keep calling it a performance to help myself not feel so much pressure because this is another one of those <laughs> things where I'm kind of in charge of the technology here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, trust me, um, I'm real good
3: at it, too. <laughs> we are, though.
4: Yeah, we're, gonna, we're creating, like, a, um, a live, uh, but, like, you know, through Zoom, like, we're going to all, you know, do our parts separately and put it together. You've seen a bunch of those by now. Yeah. Um, people are just finding creative ways uh, to replicate something like a live experience through the internet and we're going to just put together some songs and, and do something we haven't done before so um, we're excited about that and I don't have a date but it will be in October.
3: Alright just to let people know though yeah so if you register through Headcount you can go ahead and find this opportunity for the live stream I guess uh, extravaganza we'll call it that uh, that you'll yeah. be doing with them so that's pr- that's and pretty actually,
4: cool. if you are already registered that's fine you can just go check your registration once you click that button you get the access.
3: Awesome, and then you know, and I was really appreciative too. You know, obviously, as I was doing my homework for our talk today, uh, I was reading actually uh, Chanel Miller's victim impact statement, and then her response to it going so viral afterwards. And something that I learned that maybe our listeners out there might want to know is that Vice President Joe Biden actually wrote her after he wrote that, or he read I the. Heard victim. That. I didn't. I, I didn't know that. And just reading her right. words and how she just yeah. said. I see you or he he told her I see you and put her up there I mean that personally for me was just a very impactful thing to learn and something that I think I will be taking with me into the elections in November so thank you for that I thought that was cool too thanks (laughs) yeah well thank you Chanel uh, yeah yeah, I think it's a it's a great thing to know and a great thing to continue doing your homework like you said so killer all right awesome well thank you Amy I really really appreciate it you've been wonderful today thank you you too thanks for having me and Rock on. All right. Awesome. Boys. All right. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Okay. okay bye. bye. It's the
0: Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast.
1: Buzz and Lisa both off this week. It's myself and Joanna. Joanna, how you doing today?
3: Pretty
2: good.
1: Other, yeah. other than baseball completely ruining your Sunday night.
2: Dude, what's up with
1: that? It's something they've been doing for a while, um, but they got away from it, and it almost seemed like they were learning from their lesson, so what happens is Fox has the rights to the baseball games so of course during October that's when you have the playoffs and you have the World Series and what would happen is you would get Sunday night the animation domination on Fox would get bumped because of baseball Mm -hmm. and what this would cause is for some strange reason they thought it was a good idea to put Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors in November which made absolutely zero sense to me but that's something that they constantly did and I guess they did it last night, where they had Game Seven of I believe it was the National League Championship Series last night. So Joanna got uh, didn't get to watch what she wanted. A little Bob's Burgers not happening get for to you.
2: Watch the Halloween episode.
1: So I guess they're going to bring those on November first.
2: Yeah, it said it'll, it'll be back November first.
1: All right. Well, coming yes. up uh, top of the hour, Sports Five Random Facts, and then in a little over an hour, Joanna's going to update us with the news. We'll have some entertainment news. Uh, the older son from Home Improvement. Was arrested. I didn't realize he lived in Eugene. I lived there for, but this was, geez, it was 15 years ago I lived there. But he was well, arrested. That's where for, he is now. Uh, he was arrested for strangling his girlfriend. Yikes. And uh, Movie Monster Madness rolls on as, I had it right here. Oh, here it is. We're trying to figure out who's the best movie monster ever. So we started with 32 total monsters, and now we're down to eight. All right. And so the first matchup is put up today, second one tomorrow, another one on Wednesday, another one on Thursday, and then you're going to have about five days to vote on each to where we're going to be down to the final four by next Monday. And this matchup is between Freddy Krueger and Alien. So you can go vote for that right now I want to head on over to BuzzAdamsShow.com You can go find the movie Monster Madness and you can vote for the first matchup in the quarterfinals that is Freddy Krueger versus Alien But right now we're going to get to a best-of clip Joanna, what do we have?
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast
1: Joanna, are you ready to learn something? Ah, uh, yeah I do not vet these anywhere near <laughs> as much as Buzz does But then again, I also think he doesn't vet them as much as he says he does yeah. Random fact number one Pulp Fiction was in theaters closer to the moon landing than it was to today. Stop. Came out in 1994, which was 25 years after the moon landing, and of course is now 26 years from now. I think that's that part of time, too, when people argue that's the greatest time for movies because you had Pulp Fiction, I believe Forrest Gump, And Jurassic Park all in movie theaters at the same time. I need to see now. I'm gonna start looking stuff up.
2: Go down that rabbit hole.
1: You also had Natural Born Killers out that year. (laughs) When was Jurassic Park? Oh, it's listed at 1993. When? But this is when they were in theaters for a lot longer. Maybe that was it. I don't know. Random fact, number two. That was a weak-ass ring. (laughs) There it is. No one knows for sure when the fire hydrant was invented. Because the patent was lost in a fire at the U.S. (laughs) Patent Office in 1836. Random fact number three. (laughs) The person who gets credit for pushing Canada's universal health care system is Tommy Douglas. A former premier from Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, and Kiefer Sutherland's grandfather. Do you think he had that menacing voice too? You know how Kiefer Sutherland's got that, you know, real menacing voice. Uh, Donald Sutherland as well. Yeah, like they just have those really distinct voices.
2: Grandpapa Sutherland. Oh man,
1: did you ever see Phone Booth? No. With Colin Farrell, but the voice on the other end is Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh. And it's just, he, he does so, so well with his voice in that movie. Random fact number four. Amazon named one of its buildings in Seattle after its first customer. He's a software engineer named John Wainwright, who bought a computer, a, a, a computer book for $27.95 back in 1995. Nice. And random fact number five. Blink-182 released their album California on July 1st, 2016. Mm -hmm. Because that's the 182nd day of the year. Okay. Only problem is, they forgot that that was a leap year. So it turned out to be the 183rd day that year. So they were trying to be quirky with it, Uh and it just blew up in their face. All right, coming up um, less than an hour, Joanna's going to give us the news headlines. What's the one big story for the news headlines here today, Joanna?
2: Because 2020 isn't done with us yet, Brandon. Of course not. An asteroid is heading to Earth.
1: Oh, good Lord. Another one?
2: Before the election.
1: <laughs> oh. I think there's a lot of people out there saying, just hit us. Yeah. Just bring like- it, baby. Just bring it. Wait, so
2: really, what's the worst that could happen? Just we've got news
1: off. coming up. We have <laughs> entertainment news on the way. I was showing my my kid the the dinosaur ride that they have over in Disney World. Okay. And the the premise of the ride is you have gone back in time. And this one guy's trying to get you to bring a dinosaur back with you, but the only way to do that is if you're there right when the asteroids first hit.
2: Oh my God.
1: so then I had to explain to my kid because at the very end of the ride, that dinosaur ends up saving you like it's holding up a log and it's you know that's how you get out. And I looked at my kid and I was like, it's just a shame that dinosaur ain't gonna make it." And she looks at me like, "What?
2: <laughs> oh no, So
1: that's the asteroids, man. that's how they all that's how they all died.
2: Yeah, he just sacrificed himself for us what?
1: And then I totally spoiled the ending of the show, Dinosaurs. I said, yeah, the final episode of Dinosaurs. They're all huddled up in their house while the asteroids are taking over the planet. And just blowing everything up. That was a great weekend in the Coates household, man. i tell you what. (laughs) That wasn't terrible at all. That was not poor decision-making on my part as a father in any way, shape, or form.
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast.
1: Join in the chat over on Facebook. If you want to head on over to the Buzz Adams Morning Show Facebook page, click on the video. People are already talking about movies over there because I had mentioned it was sometime in the early to mid-90s where it's argued that this was one of the best times for movie theaters because of just how many great, amazing movies were in the theaters at that time. This also reminded me, Joanna, if I were to ask you okay, what are your three favorite movies of all time. Would you be able to answer that question quickly? No. That's a, that's the thing. So my sister texted me that over the weekend asking me what are my three favorite movies.
4: Uh-huh.
1: And I immediately froze. I had no idea.
2: Right? Suddenly, I've forgotten every movie I've ever seen. And then
1: you start to think, well maybe it's a maybe it's this movie. <laughs> but then you don't want to quite commit to that just in case. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the top 3, that's a that's that's up there, man. That's a, that's a, that's a big-time slot that you just don't want to give to any random movie. But it's one of those things that um, I kept thinking about over the weekend. It just reminded myself of right now.
2: Now I'm deep in thought on that.
1: I came up with one.
2: <laughs> one? Tombstone. Okay.
1: Oh, that movie's so good. It is so good. So I still have to get the other two. My sister's been waiting for these answers for three days now. I think she sent it to me on Friday.
2: <laughs> She's all, I'm waiting. Did she have her three ready?
1: She never even mentioned it. You know what I should ask her? You
2: should be like, you first.
1: Because then I'm thinking, well, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I should probably pick a Star Wars mm-hmm. movie. But which one Star Wars movie am I going to pick?
2: Good point.
1: I love the MCU. I love Marvel. Which movie should I pick? I haven't been able to come up with any of them. Other than just Tombstone. (laughs) So I found this article that kind of goes through the different years of movies. And it talks about here in 1982, it was the best summer ever. Okay. That was when Blade Runner, The Road Warrior, The Thing... Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Tron, and Poltergeist all hit movie theaters.
2: Dang!
1: But, on top of that, you had The Secret of Nim, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Conan the Barbarian, Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal, but arguably the largest, biggest movie of all from 1982? Mm Mm-hmm. E.T., The Extraterrestrial.
2: Ah, yeah.
1: I haven't seen that movie in... 25 years, maybe? Yeah. It's been a while. 1994 might have been the last time I saw it. But 1994 is the next year that they have here. Jim Carrey had three movies come out that year. Remember... Were you too young to know just the absolute craze of Jim Carrey? You would have been, what, about five?
2: Um, yeah. I think I knew more of, like, The Mask, because when I went to school, everybody was doing the smoking.
1: Smokin'. Yeah. yeah. So that was one of the three movies that he had come out that year. Yeah, had The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh,
2: Ace Ventura was also one.
1: He was huge that year. And it was right up the alley of my age group. I was kind of the demographic. I was 14, uh-huh. just leaving middle school for high school. Action movies from 1994, Speed, The Crow, Sweet. True Lies, and Leon the Professional. Ooh. A young Natalie Portman, I believe. Isn't she in Leon the Professional?
5: Yeah, she is.
1: And if you're looking for animated uh, features, you got The Lion King from 1994 as well. Sweet. Natural Born Killers, we mentioned that earlier. Ah, but yeah, this is it. You had three major movies that, speaking of people's favorite movies, these top a lot of people's lists. Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction, Great. and Shawshank Redemption. Nice. Those three are all big, big movies. Oh, and I forgot uh, Clerks also hit theaters back in 1994 as well. So I think that's what it is because you see this pop up every now and then where an article says this was the greatest year for movies and most of them point to 1994, although this article that I'm looking at here kind of goes through the, the big years in general.
4: Uh-huh.
1: Another one that it brought up here was 1999. Can you think of the movies that came out in 1999?
2: No, how old was I? Ten. I was like ten years old.
1: The big one being The Matrix.
2: Oh. That
1: was nineteen ninety nine. Toy Story two, Tarzan and the Iron Giant. Those should have been right up your alley for ten year old Joanna. Tarzan.
2: I had the soundtrack. It was great.
1: What about the Iron Giant? Vin Diesel as a robot. That's a good one too. And this is the one where he voices, it, isn't he? I think he did the voice for the Iron Giant. I also had Office Space. This, this article says, Galaxy Quest, the best Star Trek movie ever made. <laughs> and Being John Malkovich came out. Oh, and then, good Lord, The Blair Witch Project. How do we always end up talking oh, the, Blair God, the Blair Witch
2: Project? By the way, in one of these bumpers that you have, Brandon, is that from The Blair Witch Project where she's screaming? I don't know. I know that scream anywhere because that movie is ingrained that in might my have brain. Been,
1: that might have been one that, one that Buzz had done. But I think it is. I know that scream. Where she's where, where she just running through the woods yes. screaming. Other movies that came out there in 1999, The Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. American Beauty. Oh, man. American Beauty. The ending of that movie. Did you ever see that, Joanna? I
2: did, yeah.
1: Kevin Spacey.
2: Looking back at it now, you're kind of like... Creepy. Oh. Yeah. I remember... He seems
1: far too comfortable in this scene, am I right?
2: (laughs) Right. I remember... The Sixth Sense coming out because all my uncles kept telling my mom, you have to watch it. You have to see for the ending.
1: You kind of do that. I mean, my
2: mom was like, why?
1: In a lot of those movies, you really have to watch for the ending. I mean, obviously, every movie you need to watch for the ending, but (laughs) you know what I mean?
2: But for the Sixth Sense. And they can yeah, telling the, my the mom. Yeah, the big
1: twist there. The big, big twist.
2: They're like, you have to see it. It's this little kid and Bruce Willis.
1: <laughs> uh, jumping over to the Facebook chat. People are getting involved over there. Misa says hi. Misa was the one who I did the podcast with this past weekend. Oh. It's uh, Conversing with Chris and Misa. That's the name of their podcast. If you want to check it out, the episode that I am in will be coming up next Sunday. Chuck De Broder, They had him on there as well. Oh, Chuck Davis, Local weather guy. People chiming in on movies, you have Norma talking about Shawshank Redemption. Darren says, Goodfellas and Green Mile. I've never seen Green Mile. I you heard know? it's crazy sad.
2: Oh, it is. You'll cry.
1: Oh, is it because of Michael Clark Duncan?
2: Yes.
1: Uh, Amanda says, Boondock Saints. Love Boondock Saints. That's my go-to birthday movie because it takes place on St. Patrick's Day.
2: Oh, that's right. That's when your birthday is.
1: Then I try to warn people, don't watch the second one. Do not watch It'll the second it. one. It'll I mean, it truly does, right?
2: It leaves, like, a bad taste in your mouth.
1: Look, I'm going to ruin it for you. So here's how it goes. <laughs> so here's what happens. So Boondock Saints ends where they're in that courtroom scene, and they're announcing to the world, we are here, you know, bad guys beware. We're we're the good guys, mm-hmm. right? Boondock Saints 2 starts where they've been in hiding for, like, 15 years or 10 years or whatever the hell they've it it has
2: been a long time.
1: So... Why in the... It just... It makes no sense. It's an awful movie. Do not they watch Boondock Saints 2. They some too.
2: other weird character that I don't get what his deal is about. They
1: needed somebody to replace some... Um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the Italian guy's name. Good Lord.
2: Yeah, don't watch it.
1: Don't, yeah, just don't don't see... Uh, Rocco. They needed somebody to replace the Rocco, Rocco character. Kind of as like the sidekick. Don't watch Boondock Saints 2. I'm just... I'm warning you right now. Uh. Uh, Amanda also um, agrees with me on Tombstone. That's such a good movie. Blazing Saddles getting a reference, Independence Day. So if you want to uh, kind of let us know what some of your favorite movies are, you can jump on over to the Facebook chat.
2: I like how people are answering right away, and I still can't think of one, Brandon. It's difficult. my top three.
1: It's, but see, that's the thing, is if you're, if you're asked to name your top three, you've got to fully commit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My sister asked me this question, I think it was on Friday, and I have... It's
0: the Buzz Adams Morning stuff. Show, show Podcast. To
1: We're getting a lot of suggestions on favorite movies in the Facebook chat, but I think I need to let people know, don't just list good movies. That's not. That wasn't the point of this. My sister sent me a text over the weekend asking, what are your top three movies? So you have to narrow it down. Like you got it. You're committed oh, to these just, three like,
2: naming good ones. Yeah. Like, here's
1: a good movie. I like this movie. I like this movie. Yeah, that's I was, good. I was
2: going to say I was so impressed with how quickly they were naming movies. And I'm like, wow, they could name the top it's, three right away. It's,
1: yeah, it's, it's when you have to narrow it down to the three. That's what makes it difficult. I
2: think I got one. Oh, just the one. The Goonies.
1: Oh, that's a really good movie. Really, really good movie. That's a good picture, Anna.
2: Thank you. I'm basing this on a question that I had asked a while back on what three movies would you show somebody like that they've never seen before? And one that I'm always telling people to watch is The Goonies. Hmm. And I used to have a boyfriend that said he'd never seen it. And as you can see, that relationship didn't last.
1: Did he ever watch it during the relationship? No.
2: Like he kind of refused to.
1: Like it became a point of contention?
2: Yeah. And I was like, well, this can't work out anymore.
1: I don't blame you. Good on you.
2: So The Goonies is one for me.
1: I found a list here. Empire Online did this list. It's a couple years old. And you know, there's like the three or four movies that are towards the top of all these lists. That steaming turd of a movie, The Godfather, made it to number one. (laughs) I've never been able to get through it. I still got to give it another chance, but I just...
2: I think the one time I saw it, I fell asleep.
1: Yeah, I just, I can't get through it.
2: I like the money pit.
1: The money pit. (laughs) I agree with that. (laughs) Uh, Empire Strikes Back made number two, The Dark Knight number three, Shawshank Redemption number four, and Pulp Fiction number five. But interestingly enough, in this list... A Marvel movie makes it oh. into the top 100. I think it makes it into the top 50. All right. I'll get to that here in just a minute. But here's a contender for me, Fight Club.
2: Oh, that is a good one.
1: That's one like I think your criteria is pretty good here, Joanna, where it's if there's three movies that you would recommend people watch. Cuz for me it's Tombstone, Fight Club is right up there cuz it's mm-hmm. it's so well done, it's so well acted. And it's got the great twist at the end. It's just a good movie all in all. And one that keeps popping up for me is Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that one would have to be up there as well. The theme song. do, 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 do. Die Hard makes number 20 on this list. Die Hard. That would upset Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Which, by the way, by the way, if nobody's seen Brooklyn Nine Nine, I can't recommend that show enough.
2: I've only seen the Halloween episode.
1: I'm on about my third run through of Brooklyn Nine Nine, and it's hilarious.
2: Those Halloween heists are great. They're
1: good, right? Yeah. So the one Marvel movie that made this list for Empire Online, mm-hmm. if you could pick one, Joanne, remember this came out in 2018.
2: Uh huh. I in 2018 would. Civil War have already come out?
1: Civil War would have already been out, yes.
2: But it's not the one on this list? It's not. Oh, that's usually the one that everybody...
1: Civil War. I know, I know Black Panther goes oh, up yeah, there yeah. for a lot of people. I personally was a bigger fan of Infinity War and movies like that.
2: Infinity War was great. Um, Iron Man?
1: No. No. Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: Guardians of the Galaxy?
1: Yeah. The first one somehow made it's at number 34 on this list out of all the Marvel movies that's the one that's that made the it in that's they went with. Yeah.
2: that's a bold choice okay
1: <laughs> Amanda in the Facebook chat is saying can she have four because she wants to throw in Princess Bride <laughs> Princess Bride is great it's a great movie but you gotta only get three Jessica says Waiting is the movie for her <laughs> that's so good you know the the, the, the kind of psycho chick from that movie? Yeah. The one who she's just cursing up a storm while she's putting in the order this, and she's mother after this, this and blah 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 blah. Sound
2: clip is going viral on TikTok right now where she's all like, wash the dishes and stop it with the psycho babble BS. And people are using that on TikTok. It's hilarious.
1: That's the great grandmother, great great grandmother in Coco. Oh, my God. The one who bans music, who was uh-huh. married to, um, they, they think he's married to to the big musician guy. Yeah, yeah. That's it's her voice.
2: Oh, my God. That's so weird. Right?
1: Orlando says, I can't watch Jurassic Park ever again. I saw it, and I noticed that the acting is terrible. It's all about the dinosaurs. I, I would not agree with that. Well. I watched Cobra Kai. I know bad acting, sir. Oh,
2: my God. Cobra Kai
1: but even heart. Cobra Kai, man, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen Cobra Kai, go watch it. Season three coming out sometime next uh, next year.
2: In January.
1: <laughs>
0: it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast.
1: We started this conversation earlier this morning. If you had to name your top three movies of all time, how long would it take you to name your top three movies? It's not. It's not as easy as you would think. When you truly have to narrow it down to just the three. It's easy to rattle off, oh, I really liked this movie or I really liked that movie. But you got to get down to three.
2: Give me 48 hours.
1: (laughs) Right? I mean, this question was presented to me by my sister over the weekend. And I, up until now, I only had one. I think, I think I may have my top three. Oh. But we're going to get to that here. In just a few minutes. First, let's get to some entertainment news with Joanna Barba doing, I guess, technically quadruple duty today in the sense that Joanna's over there running the board. She's covering news. She's covering entertainment news. And she's also manning the live stream as well.
2: I'm doing it all. Oh, the live stream. I forgot about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it's not so easy because people will jump in there and complain. Well, I can't see anything. It's just a logo. Well, it's because Joanna has to run other things, and the computer's on the complete opposite side of the room.
2: Yes, forgive me.
1: But we're working on some things with the live stream to make it uh, better, more accessible, and easier to get to. But on that note, some entertainment news with Joanna. What do we have this morning?
2: Well, the Beastie Boys have never had their have never licensed any of their songs for an advertisement before, but that commercial blackout came to an end during Sunday's Steelers-Browns game when the sounds of sabotage accompanied a spot for the Joe Biden presidential campaign. Hmm. It wasn't just any campaign spot, but one that focuses on how the COVID-19 shutdowns have decimated the live music industry. The ad focuses on a club in Ann Arbor, Michigan called The Blind Pig that remains... Uh that remains... Oh my goodness, I've copied this wrong. Oh,
1: Does it, it remain remains, closed?
2: Yes. It remains closed this year after a 50-year run as a pillar of the community, which the owner blames on what he considers Donald Trump's short-sighted response to the coronavirus
1: crisis. Beastie Boys were always somebody that I would reference back when I was a production director, and if you're not familiar with that, it's the person who makes the commercials for the radio station. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and... You would get a client or a salesperson who would say, oh, well, just put this music in there. And they would pick an artist that we played. Uh-huh. And then you would try to tell them, well, we can't use that because you don't have the rights right. to, to do that. You uh-huh. have to pay to do that because it's a paid advertisement. You can't use that music unless you're... Like, we, we pay to be able to play it on the radio station. We don't have the rights to put it in commercials. And Beastie Boys had a lawsuit with Monster Energy Drink because they, they, they had a commercial... That they used a DJ who did his own mix, but it used Beastie Boys in the mix, and they never gave them the rights, and they won a ton of money from Monster Energy Drink because they didn't have the license to use the Beastie Boys music.
2: Right. I mean... I. I got to say, that's pretty bad. If you watch the ad, Brandon, it's kind of badass when it starts doing the sabotage and then it it shows like this slow motion clip of Biden and it's like, I'm Joe Biden. (laughs) And I approve this message and I'm all, that's pretty badass. Nice. What song would Trump use? I mean, who would be okay with that? Something from, uh, what's that guy's name? Nougat?
1: Uh, Nugent? Ted Nugent? Yeah, that guy. He could do Ted Nugent, some back, uh, some cat scratch fever, or maybe, uh, kid. you know, Kid Rock would be cool with it. Right. Kanye? I mean, they're oh, still friends, right? right, Kanye. I mean, even though Kanye's still technically running.
2: That's his opponent, yeah. Uh, well, the late Adam Yauch stipulated in his will that the music he was involved in creating could not be used for product advertising purposes. The group has sued Monster Energy and GoldieBox for using their songs in the past, but they have allowed Sabotage to be used in trailers for Star Trek and the Destiny 2 video game. Dustin Diamond, best known as Screech from Saved by the Bell. Did not get shivved, right? No, he did not. So everybody spread the word. Dustin Diamond's still alive and well. This comes after he was trending on Twitter after an article said that he was killed in a prison riot at the age of 42 oh no wait is he 42 43
1: s- sounds about right yeah
2: 43 the story made so many waves on the internet that even the iconic news service Reuters felt the need to publish an article pointing out that screech was still very much alive the article in question headline saved by the bells dustin screech diamond killed in a prison riot at age 43 appeared on the website rings In its About Us section, Rings describes itself as a, quote, fabricated satirical newspaper and comedy website that uses fictional names in its stories, except in cases when public figures are being satirized. Satirized? Satirized.
1: Rings is spelt with five S's, by the way. So if you're. Yeah,
2: it's a bunch of S's.
1: If you're reposting something from that website, believing it to be a fact, get the hell off the internet.
2: So, everybody, please let your friends suffering with the loss of Screech know that Dustin Diamond is still alive and well.
1: He came on this show. This was before I was on the show. Uh And apparently things got a little heated. Oh, my. Because he was, he ended up going to prison for stabbing a guy. And his excuse was the dude fell into my knife. Twice.
2: (laughs) Twice. It happened twice. I don't know how yeah, it could have
1: right.
2: But Screech, still alive and well.
1: <laughs> well, alive at least.
2: Uh, and finally, with Halloween just around the corner, horror fans are looking for the perfect spine-chilling film to watch. Let this list uh, be an excellent place to start. In a new study conducted by Broadband Choices titled The Science of Scare Project, 50 people of various ages were tasked with watching over 100 hours of horror films. Through tracking their heart rates, Broadband Choices was able to determine the 35 scariest films ever made. It turns out the 2012 film Sinister was deemed the scariest movie of all
1: time. More than The Exorcist? I guess
2: so. The average resting heart rate was is 65 beats per minute, and during Sinister, it rose up to 86 beats per minute. Huh. The film that came in second was Insidious, which also earned the distinction of having the biggest jump scare. Followed by The Conjuring, Hereditary, Paranormal Activity. It follows The Conjuring 2, The Babadook, The Descent, and The Visit.
1: Wait a minute. I didn't hear The Exorcist anywhere in there.
2: Yeah. Why was that not on this list? Look,
1: if it's not even... Okay. That, that list is bogus.
2: I'm going to look this list up because that is weird. Why was The Exorcist not on this if it's the scariest movie of all time, yeah. then The Exorcist should have been shown.
1: It should have been the first one.
2: Additionally, the insidious director James Wan scored three films in the top ten, making him the king of horror. Mm. But we're going to have to modify this list, Brandon.
1: Yeah. Come up with your own, Joanna. You're a big horror fan.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And with entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba.
1: And a TV show that used to do great Halloween episodes... We've talked about this with uh, with other TV shows where they, they really get into Halloween spirit. Roseanne was a really good one oh, back in the day. Cool. Brooklyn Nine-Nine with their heist episodes. Those are always great. Home Improvement always did really good Halloween episodes. And the oldest of the sons, Zachary Ty Bryan, he was arrested in Eugene, Oregon for strangling his girlfriend during an oh argument. Oh, my God. It says a few weeks ago, Zachary and his wife Carly announced that they were separating after 13 years of marriage, and he apparently already has a new girlfriend. The Eugene Police Department said that when the officers arrived, they found Zachary sitting outside and his girlfriend at a neighbor's apartment. Zachary is accused of assaulting her, impeding her breathing, and taking her phone away when she tried to call 911. He was taken into custody and charged with felony strangulation, assault, and interfering with making a report. It's possible that alcohol was a factor. A few hours later, he shared a photo of himself with... Oh, a few hours before, he shared a photo of himself and some friends at a bar. His account has since been deactivated. Yikes. He has not commented since. For all we know, he may still be in jail. And the girlfriend does seem okay. She refused medical attention at the scene. Interesting.
2: Okay, this says that modern horror movies performed much better than the classics. While movies like The Exorcist, Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre might be considered better horror movies, they didn't scare study participants nearly as much as the modern flicks did.
1: Did they say what the age group of the people they tested? They
2: just said various age groups. Uh, Also, why did no one call me for this study?
1: Yeah, no kidding. All right, we're going to get some other stuff here coming up. We've been talking throughout the morning. What are your top three movies of all time? Not genre-specific, uh, just of all time, and you have to narrow it down to three. You're committing to these three as your favorite movies. That's it.
2: <laughs> I have one.
1: I had one for a while. I think I, but see, here's the because th- when you narrow you it down either? to three, you know another movie is going to pop into your head.
2: Yeah, now that I'm seeing this list with The Exorcist and stuff.
1: Joanna's one that she came up with earlier was The Goonies.
2: Mm -hmm. That's
0: my one.
1: That's her one so far. (laughs) She still has two more slots to fill. I think I have come up with my top three.
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast.
1: Was that you, Joanna? Did you get drunk last year and eat all the candy on Halloween? No. Are you going to do that this year?
2: Probably, yeah.
1: It's going to be vastly different.
2: It's on we a Saturday. We finally
1: get is Isn't there a full moon as well? There's a full moon. It's like moon. a full blue moon or something like that too, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's like a rare full moon that's happening. Just what 2020 needs.
1: And isn't blue moon where you have two full moons within the same month, I believe? Yeah, I think so, yeah. The second one is the blue moon. So Halloween's going to be different. We're going to do what we can. My, uh, the wife and I, we've been decorating our house kind of periodically throughout the month.
2: Me too, since we're all in a competition now.
1: That's true. Are you going to win, Joanna?
2: I hope.
1: I spent a lot of time yesterday doing some (laughs) custom work.
2: Custom?
1: Custom work.
2: I usually just put a spider web up and hope (laughs) hope that the cats don't take it down.
1: One of the things that we started when I first moved in with my wife is I would make silhouettes for our front windows.
2: Oh, that's cool.
1: And the first year, it was Nightmare Before Christmas. You had Oogie Boogie on one side, um, Jack Skellington as well. The next year, it was more Disney related. We had a Maleficent. Silhouette, And then a Chernobog one, the demon that's coming out of the, the mountain from mm-hmm. Disney's Fantasia.
2: The one that Buzz said did not deserve to be the biggest villain.
1: And I said he did because it's the tattoo that I have. <laughs> I really didn't care if you didn't pick him, by the way. I was just trying to, <laughs> I was just trying to get under Buzz's skin and it totally worked. Um, then last year, I did the Three Hitchhiking Ghosts.
2: Oh, cool.
1: That one was a pain. And then I've got this one and I'm extending it to more windows on the front of the house this year. So you're going to you know, get to see that. It's going to be pretty cool. The morning show, how we're decorating our houses.
2: I wonder how Buzz will be decorating
1: his. I don't think he's going to do anything. Which seems odd. You would think that somebody who gets into Halloween as much as he does, he would be all about it. Yeah, right. But, I mean, his house is truly hidden. It is. It's, I mean, it's way tucked in a corner. Nobody would see it except for him and his one neighbor.
2: I couldn't find it the first time I went to his house. You know how I found it? I looked in his mailbox. <laughs> and
3: it said his
2: name. The, he still had a bunch of mail in there, by the way. That's and not box. surprising. This is it. Yeah, we're here.
1: And he has the mailbox right in front of his house. You know how the newer developments, they have them, con- you know, like a group mailbox area yeah. where they're all together. Yeah, yeah. His is actually right in front of his house, right at the end of his driveway. you think that that would be easy But no, that would consist of having to get up, put my pants on, and walking on down the driveway.
2: It is really hidden. So only the neighbor in front of him would be able to see anything.
1: Well, if you want to vote for Monster Madness, we're getting down to the final eight. And we have the final eight officially. The first matchup is Freddy Krueger versus Alien. So you can go ahead and vote on that now. Just head on over to buzzadamshow.com. You can vote, and you can use whatever criteria you would like. Which one was scarier? Better movies? Who would win in a fight? It doesn't really matter. You can pick whichever of the criteria you would want. The other—I okay. had the list here somewhere. What did I do? With
2: For instance, list? Joanna loves to sleep a lot, so Freddy Krueger would win that because sleeping—he <laughs> he attacks in your sleep.
1: So those are the first two. So every day, today, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday, there's going to be a new matchup that's going to be posted to Buzz Adams morning sh- uh, BuzzAdamShow.com. And each one, you're going to have about five days you can vote. You can vote multiple times if you want. You could stuff the ballot. I don't care. (laughs) The other six that made it this far, Jason Voorhees, is going to be taking on Pinhead. Michael Myers is going up against Dracula. And Leatherface versus Pennywise, and you can use whatever versions you want mentally. It doesn't matter. You could be the original Pennywise. It could be the updated Pennywise. Same thing for Leatherface. I'm choosing to not have the the, the rules be too constrictive on this thing because it's just a, it's a silly monster poll that we're doing up on BuzzAtomShow.com. The other conversation that we have had today. Has to do with your th- top three movies. Joanna was able to come up with one.
2: I got one, and
1: that's pretty much what I was able to come up with over the weekend, because my sister presented this to me, and I, I, I don't know if there's an ulterior motive there. Yeah, what are you
2: trying to say, sister? Did uh, she give you yeah. her? No, top three? no,
1: no. I need to ask her that though.
2: You tell her. You go first. Yeah.
1: So, the one that I definitively know, or at least that I told her over the weekend, is this movie. And no, that wasn't somebody watching the Cowboy game when Dak Prescott broke his ankle saying that, by the way. Burn. Oh yeah, Tombstone, buddy! Great movie. I forget Michael Rooker's in that as well. Really? Yeah, I forget that he uh, he was a cowboy and then he flips sides to go be on Wyatt Earp's side.
2: I keep saying I'm going to watch this movie and I forget.
1: <laughs> All right.
2: Well, we got one, Brendan.
1: We got one now. Man, I just.
2: Are you rethinking?
1: I'm I'm overthinking this big time. Here's another one. Good Will Hunting, Joanna. Have you ever seen it? My
2: heart, yeah, when Robin Williams started speak.
1: Oh, it's such a good, good movie. And you know when he passed away, that bench where that scene was filmed, somebody went and wrote that on the sidewalk in front of the bench. Just that the final line where he says, your move, chief. Mm -hmm. They went and put that there right after Robin Williams had passed away. So I think I'm committing to Good Will Hunting.
2: That's a good one, yeah.
1: And as we talked earlier... About this subject I almost felt obligated I have to put a Star Wars movie in there Maybe a Marvel movie Because that sums me up But I can't mm-hmm. choose just one And somebody in the Facebook chat earlier Was asking whether or not A trilogy or a series counts No, it's got to be one movie Because otherwise it'd be like, it would be like Oh yeah, like Star Wars uh-huh. But that's a conversation for another day Maybe what is your favorite movie franchise of all time? But I think I'm committing to this, Joanna.
2: You got two. Are you ready?
1: I've got two. I think I'm going to get ready to commit to the third. (gasps) Committing to this has been more difficult than committing to my wife because that was something I knew for a fact I was willing to do for the rest of my life. I don't know if I'm willing to commit to these three movies for the rest of my life, but here's the third one. That
2: was the sweetest thing ever. Nice. You
1: hear that, Joanna? It's the first rule. One more time. Oh, you have to fight.
2: I love when lots of people start going and then they're like, gentlemen, someone has been talking.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a good movie, man. That is a good one. That is a great, great movie. So I think I'm willing to commit to those three. Good good three choices. See, they're not terrible, right?
2: No, they're pretty good. I have one. (laughs)
1: But have you been able to think, do you have other movies that have been rattling around in your brain? definitely. Okay. Well, don't say them because that kind of defeats the point of this because the whole point is you're you're locked in on these three as your favorite movies. There's no wiggle room here. Mm -hmm. We had people in the chat earlier talking about how, well, can I have a fourth one? No, you may not. This is serious stuff we're talking about. Look, I know there's an election coming up. But your top three movies takes precedent right now. It does. Michael in the Facebook chat says, too many great films out there. That's what makes it difficult.
2: Yeah. We've started this conversation since five this morning. Yeah, the
1: beginning of the show. And it was just one of those things that people just started rattling off really good movies. Yeah, that's all well and good, but it defeats the point.
2: And I was so impressed. I'm all, wow, these people already know which movies Uh, would be on their list. I don't think they were
1: committing to the top three. Caesar says dazed and confused That's a great movie.
2: That's a movie. great one. That's a hip hip movie.
1: Cuz you know that Martha Washington.
2: <laughs> she was a hip hip lady.
1: <laughs> That's such a good scene, man. That dude's great. He went on to be on NCIS Miami or uh no CSI Miami.
2: Oh. There's
1: too many CBS shows with just initials. <laughs> Uh, Nohemi Is that how you say it? She says the first two are Logan and The Nightmare Before Christmas Wow My wife and I started Logan but I don't think we ever actually finished it
2: It is a really good movie I enjoyed that one a lot
1: Got my kid who's got the the big crush on Hugh Jackman Nice So that's fun to make fun of her about
2: Is is it because of Greatest Showman?
1: I think that's the one that was the first one she really, she really liked nice. with him. Or she really even watched, I think, with him. And then we, my wife and I, we watched X-Men Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the kid's taking her tablet and she's snapping pictures <laughs> every time he's up. And then she's putting like the kissy face emojis. <laughs> so then I looked at her and I said, This is why you have a passcode that I have to get into your tablet. <laughs> You're not hiding anything from me. Alex says number one, Dark Knight, number two, remember the Titans, number three, TBD. He's holding that third spot for something else. Rob Thomas, matchbox 20, baby. <laughs> says the tombstone is in his top three. Ivan's asking about what about five? Nope, you're not paying attention, sir. Those
2: aren't the rules. These are not the so... rules.
1: It's three, and that is it. I will fight you if I have to. Not really. <laughs> it seems a little excessive. Uh Luis says full metal jacket. Oh. That's a good one. That is definitely a good one. So, if you want to get involved in the conversation, head on over to our Facebook page. Just find Buzz Adams Morning Show on Facebook. Let us know what the top three movies are. But don't just list good movies. That's easy. The whole point of this is what are your top three of all time? And it becomes a little bit more difficult. Just ask Joanna. She's still stuck with just one. Her one so far has been Goonies. Yeah. When was the first time you think you saw the Goonies? It was
2: 1997.
1: Oh, you remember the year?
2: Yeah. It was the 4th of July,
1: oh, and I spent wow. the night
2: at my aunt's house. And I watched Goonies and Temple of Doom.
1: Ooh, a little double feature, huh? Mhm. Had you seen Temple of the Temple of Doom before that? No, or is was, was the that first was, time for that both? that was the
2: first time for both. And I just I remember just laughing my ass off watching the Goonies.
1: We need to get you to come out to Oregon because you can see where the whole thing's filmed. Oh my god. You can see the Goonies' house? You can see the prison where they break them out at the beginning of the movie. Uh-huh. That's that's the, the, the that's the local prison there in Astoria, Oregon.
2: How exciting!
1: But when you grow up in Oregon, you have the unfortunate aspect of having your parents know where all of these scenes have been filmed Uh and they call it out where they're like where they're riding their bikes that's like 50 miles away that's not even close to where they were like there's no way they would have made it there in time like you're they're picking up on things that nobody else is going to pick up on yeah when they get you know when he's holding up the doubloon Uh and he's lighting it up with the rocks everybody's like dude that's like 100 miles down the coast there's no way they made it that far He's poking holes in Goonies. It's like Buzz poking holes in Monster Squad. Don't poke holes in Monster Squad. (laughs) Wolfman's got nards. All right, get involved in the conversation over on Facebook. You can always tweet at us. It's at Buzz Adams Show. Uh, Don't forget about the podcasts. Um, We have the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode of Rockstar 101 just went up this morning. Shim and I are starting a book club, Joanna cool. And it's going to be a rock biography book club.
2: Oh, that sounds pretty cool.
1: So, we're going to so the the latest episode of Rockstar 101, we're discussing which book we should start with. There was a few different options. One of them was um The Heroin Diaries. Another one was Walk This Way. It's the okay. Aerosmith biography that's mm-hmm. written um from different points of view of the band members. So, you have the same story or the same thing happening, but it cycles through each person's different version of that story. So that's the conversation that we have. You can find Rockstar 101 on Spotify, Apple, Google. Doesn't matter where you get your podcast. You can find them there. And uh, don't forget about What the Buzz. That's what Joanna and Emily do. And are we up for an episode this week or is it next week? Next week. Next week. A new episode will be going up. What did you talk about in the latest episode?
2: Lechusas. This episode is called The Owl Knocks Three Times.
1: That's a terrifying story. If you don't know what she's talking about, go check out that episode of What the Buzz. Really quick, before we take a break here, Monica jumping in the Facebook chat, Man on Fire Anchorman Oh, and Goodfellas. Those are her top three. Those are That's oh, a damn wow. good top three. That Man on Fire good. is so good. Those Denzel Washington movies like Man on Fire or Training Day, mm-hmm. definitely I'm not going to argue with anybody putting those in their top three. But if you want to get involved, jump on over to the Buzz Adams Morning Show Facebook chat. It's
0: the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast.
1: My goodness. Simple text from my sister over the weekend has sparked such a debate.
2: Did she say, like, what prompted her to ask?
1: No. I Like, I, 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 are you... <laughs> coming up... Are you, are you doing something weird here? <laughs> like, what in the world's happening? Are you, are you planning gifts? I'm not sure what's going on. I, <laughs> I should reach out to her and ask her about that. But my top three that I feel pretty confident about was Tombstone, Goodwill Hunting, and Fight Club. However... And this is what makes it difficult because you know there's going to be a movie that you're going to think about after the fact. Right. And you're going to be like, oh, I should have picked that one. But now that I think about it, I'm kind of glad that I didn't pick this one. Oh. Just because the guy in the movie uh, has turned out to be a pretty big douche. Oh. Anti-Semitic as well. Can you think of what I'm talking about?
2: Something with Mel Gibson.
1: Correct, Joanna. Braveheart. Great movie, but it's just... feel uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, come on, man. Joanna thinks she's got a second one. So her first one was Goonies. The Goonies. What do you you that
2: first time I saw it in 1997.
1: What do you think your second one is going to be? I
2: went mean, with horror, of course. Okay. Now, The Exorcist is a great movie, and it did scare me, but I think this is the one movie that kind of opened me up to loving horror movies? Mm-hmm.
1: Scream. Eh, that's not a bad one. Because I think one of the things that makes Scream so good is that there it truly it doesn't necessarily break the fourth wall, but it pokes fun at what it is. Yeah. And the whole genre that came prior to that. And what's interesting about horror movies is generally you have. Well, not generally, but this is something that does happen, is that you'll get a horror movie that's really good really scary at, at right out of the gate but as they try to progress with more and more they get cheesier and hokier mm-hmm. look at nightmare on elm street those those got just really kind of hokey um all the, any of the child's play chucky movies oh, yeah. that just became an absolute just chuckle fest at that point but if you want to get involved in the conversation, you're more than welcome to jump on over to the Buzz Adams Morning Show Facebook page, open up the video, and start typing in the chat. Seeing a lot of the of similar movies that people are agreeing with, and then also movies that um, not necessarily agreeing with. Brad jumps in there and he says, "Super Troopers, Dazed and Confused, in The Sandlot." Why do I have a yes. feeling Brad smokes weed? It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I finally just heard back from my sister who was the one that presented the original question of what are your top three movies of all time? You wanna know what she said? What'd she say? I don't know off the top of my head, I'll have to put some thought into it. Dude, you asked me this on Friday and you Uh, haven't been thinking about yours?
2: That initiated this. Yeah,
1: this is your topic, dude. (laughs) But she also said, So my top three were Tombstone Fight Club and Goodwill Hunting. And she said, I'm kind of surprised that there's A, no, no Disney on my list, B, no Star Wars, and C, no Marvel. I'll have to text her later and let her know that that's because you'd have to pick just one. I'm, when it comes to Star Wars, I can rank those probably, but I don't know if I'd be able to put one in the top three. Same thing with Marvel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then as far as Disney or Pixar movies go, I don't know if I could do that either. Joanna has locked in on at least one of her favorite movies. And that's The Goonies.
2: The Goonies.
1: But now my question for you is, you have a second one? Yeah. What do you got? Scream. Third one. No? Uh, Damn, I was, try- I was trying I was trying to get back. you I was trying to get you to-, to just fly off the hip with one right I see there. see what you did there. I come, trying to dupe you come back in. To me. I was trying to do that, uh, that interrogation technique where I, I lull you into uh, the second one that you've already mentioned and mm-hmm. then hoping that maybe there was a movie just off the top of your head that you'd kind of kind of fly off with.
2: It didn't work.
1: Darn it. That's not so easy. No, but, it's not. Um, jump in the Facebook chat if you want to let us know what your top three movies are of all time. And you got to commit to these. These are your top three. You can uh, find Buzz Adams Morning Show over on Facebook. Get involved in the chat. Just uh, click on the old video there. Bring it up. Don't forget about the podcast. We do have the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast available for you. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, Google. Any of our podcasts that we have from the Morning Show, all of them are available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Also, conveniently on the websites.
1: On the websites as well. Through the apps. Yep. So, the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast, it's basically, it's the show condensed down to about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Best elements of the show. We keep getting messages from people who are wondering, hey, you guys laugh at stuff that's not there. <laughs> and I try—I have to explain that we have the rights to play th- certain things on the radio, but we don't have the rights to play them in the podcast. So when we upload the podcast, that's where there might be a clip or something that we have all reacted to that you won't hear in the podcast. Yeah, it makes it sound a little bit awkward, but our hands are really tied when it comes to that stuff. We can't can't just put stuff in there. There's Rockstar 101. That's the podcast that I do with Shim Moore. He's the former lead singer of Sick Puppies. Episode dropped this morning where we're discussing a book club. And in this book club, we're going to be talking about Rock biographies is really what we're looking at. That's cool. So we ended up having a... uh, um, Whatchamacallit? A uh, discussion about which book we should start with. And we don't think we're going to start doing this until the beginning of January. I think this was like a 2021 resolution for uh, Rockstar 101 where we're going to pick a rock biography. And we had it narrowed down really between two choices. We're either going to start with... Um, Heroin Diaries or Walk This Way. Of course, Heroin Diaries, that's Nikki Sixx's book. Or Walk This Way, that's the Aerosmith book. That's written from all of the band members' perspectives. I think it was released in 1997 and you get the same story, the same thing that happened to the band. But it's from each band member's perspective, which is a really interesting way to go. So we discussed Sweet. that on Rockstar 101. And what we're going to end up doing is, you know when you're in a book club, you you set up a date for when you're going to want to like, discuss, discuss the book. Mm-hmm. So let's everybody have chapter one read by the end of this week. So if anybody was is going to want to follow along with Shim and I, we're going to read the book and then we're going to live stream on his Twitch channel, which is Twitch TV slash Hollywood Rebellion, and we're going to have an open book club for anybody who wants to join it, you know, grab the book, read it with us, and then you can join into the uh, conversation when we do that. We're not quite sure how frequently we're going to do the live discussions, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun for people to to get involved in. Shim also going to be on the show coming up this week at some point. We also have oh, Carlos okay. Mencia. He's going to be joining us coming up on Friday. He's going to be here in the studio. Derek Wyatt from White Underwood Trial Lawyers. He's going to be coming in on Wednesday to do an Ask a Lawyer segment. So if you have any uh, legal questions, Derek Wyatt will be coming in to help you out with that. And Steve Trevino, comedian, he's going to be calling in this week as well. He is, or he has a new special out. It's called My Life in Quarantine. He's got a great podcast that he does with his wife, and they were just doing a competition where people were were donating pies and whoever won or lost, I can't remember which one it was, got a pie to the face. No. Oh. So they like one of them gets to blast the other one in the face with a pie. So I commented on his Instagram just letting him know, hey, at least there's no pubes in that pie because that was his idea, the pube puree that we did Man, this would have been about five years ago, come to think of it. Sick. <laughs> and it was the pie-in-the-face game that we did with Steve Trevino, Buzz. And I just recently watched all those because I, I did a, a podcast over the weekend with some really cool guys here in El Paso. They have a podcast that's called Conversing with Chris and Misa. And the episode that I am in is going to be coming up this Sunday. And as we were all hanging out, we went through those all those old Buzz vs. Brandon videos, which you can find up on YouTube. You just have to go to KLAQ. That's our flagship station. You can go to the Buzz vs. Brandon playlist, and it has, I challenged him to stand up on a stool on one foot. There was the cream pie challenge where we were hurling pies off of the roof, and I totally forgot Buzz is scared of heights. <laughs> So he wouldn't even get close to the edge. He would get maybe five to ten feet and then just hurl the pie over the over the side of the building. <laughs> we did the bloody knuckles bloody knuckles quarters challenge. You know what that one is, Joanna? Mm, no. You take a quarter uh-huh. and you spin it, and then the other person has to try to stop the quarter so that it's vertical. If they get to stop it, you have to put your knuckles down on the Table and they get to throw like basically slide the the quarter into your knuckles, Uh, making them bloody. The hell? Yes, we did that. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot of them there. If you want to check that out, just head on over to YouTube. Go to the K L A Q channel. My favorite uh, is the
2: bird boxing.
1: The bird boxing one is great. That's one of my favorites too. And you gotta be paying attention very early on. Joanna's favorite moment is when I have the blindfold on and Lisa's trying to throw Skittles in my mouth.
2: And Buzz is like, hello and welcome.
1: Yeah, and he's sitting there doing this intro while we're behind goofing around. But then pay attention at the very beginning of the actual match because I throw a jab that b- pops the bird. Right off his head. It was a perfectly aimed shot, especially for being blindfolded. But you can check out all this stuff over on YouTube.
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Steve Capelo is going to be joining
1: us here in a couple of minutes. Talk some football. Get ready for that Cowboy game tonight, which you can hear right here on 95.5 KLAQ. No UTEP game over the weekend. That got canceled because Southern Miss had a whole bunch of positive COVID-19 tests. And the locomotive big victory over New Mexico that's back to back shootouts to decide the games for El Paso oh and they had the they had the one nil lead for majority of the game and they gave up. The tying goal in the 95th minute. Also, the World Series begins tomorrow. And you'll be able to hear the World Series here in town on 600 ESPN El Paso.
2: So was that what was playing on Fox last night?
1: Not the World Series. No. That was the National League Championship Series. Okay. Okay. But that was them preempting Joanna's animation domination <laughs> with baseball. Joanna, not a fan. Not happy with that.
2: Not okay. That's
1: okay. <laughs> you don't need to like baseball. But the unfortunate thing now is all the Halloween episodes we're going to get on like November 1st. Yeah. Which they, they've done before. And that's really when I started to not tune into the Treehouse of Horror episodes for The Simpsons.
2: Because they wouldn't show them until It was until like
1: the middle of November sometimes. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? It was so strange. Why would you not plan ahead and air it beforehand? Or move at nights. Put it on Halloween night. Just do something different. It just was so silly and stupid.
2: If only there was like a sports dedicated channel. I know. Where they could put something like that on.
1: And they could call it Fox Sports. <laughs> Crazy. We've also talked about people's top three movies of all time. A lot of varying lists in the Facebook chat. That's pretty cool, man. Christy says, Memoirs of a Geisha, Perfume, and Kill Bill. Oh, I think I've seen only one of those. What's Perfume about, Joanna?
2: Oh, it's such a good movie. It has Dustin Hoffman in it, and it's a perfume maker. And he sets out to make the perfect perfume. Mm Mm-hmm but kind of ends up killing people in the process. Uh-oh. Oh, it's such a good movie.
1: Uh-oh. Oh, is it, is, it, uh, is it called Perfume, the Story of a Murderer? Yeah. 2006. Oh, Alan Rickman's in it?
2: Yeah. I forgot who else is in it, uh-huh. but that is a good movie. Because in the end, he does make the perfect perfume. Oh.
1: Dude, spoiler alert, Joanna. I
2: know, but I won't tell you what happens after he Oh, even
1: better. Even better. Alright, Caplet's gonna be joining us here in a couple of minutes. I keep getting updates here on the World Series from our boss Kevin. Oh the UTEP game I guess got moved. So we you will be able to catch All of the World Series game. It's uh, the first four games. You've got Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Friday and Saturday are the first four games for the World Series. There's going to have the Dodgers taking on the Tampa Bay Rays,
2: and that goes on for how many games?
1: Uh, Up to seven. It's a best of seven, so it could only go four.
2: Okay, got it.
1: Like if one team sweeps, that's it.
5: I would like to see. You know what? You did a terrific job. You did. You, I could not have said that any better myself. So thank you for answering that question. <laughs> that is that is excellent. Excellent. What's up, Cappy? Just it's it's Monday morning, so uh, just to getting a chance to catch up on everything. We've got our World Series matchup as you're mentioning right now, and uh, tonight the Cowboys play. A lot of good things going on in sports, and the locomotive uh, are into the Western Conference Finals for the second year in a row. That so, was a uh, fun
1: fun game to watch, man the locomotive game by the way
5: it was uh, it, it was unbelievable
1: but it was almost one of those games do you ever have those feelings when you're watching a game and you almost have that gut feeling they're going to score here and it's going to be tied like th- there's no way this game is ending in regulation and i just yep. i had that feeling cuz it's the same thing that happened the week before this is two straight games that the locomotive went through regulation they went
5: through overtime and it took a penalty shootout That's right. It's crazy. And not only that, so they play 120 minutes, right? Um, And because of the goal that was scored in the last moments of regulation, um, there were a lot of substitutions. The locomotive removed um, all of their big strikers from the match. So when they went down into the penalty uh, kick phase – They had to go deeper into their roster because a lot of the players like Dylan Morris, um, Leandro Carrijo, Aaron Gomez, they were already removed. So that meant that you're not allowed to use a player in penalty kicks that's been subbed out of the game. So the fact that they were able to go with the next group – and not miss a single shot and win again on penalty kick Saturday was unbelievable. So congratulations to Mark, Larry, and the boys from the Locomotive. That was terrific.
1: That was a fun game to watch. I can't take another shootout, though. Just win it in regulation, please, next time. Well, Steve's I'm joining on that. Steve's joining us for the Monday Morning Quarterback with Kaplowitz. It's brought to you by Darren Powell, attorney at law. Loved one, pass away, and they don't have a will? Don't leave it up to the courts. Call Darren Powell, 313-0081. So, we're generally would like to talk football but utep didn't play on saturday and the cowboys don't play until tonight so we're gonna have to have you on tomorrow cappy so we can at least you know assess the cowboys game tonight but looking forward to it what do you see happening tonight if you could predict what do you think is going to go on well first
5: off a double dose of this radio show on back-to-back days is a treat for me. So well, you should you be for, here all uh, five days because Buzz is off this week. So,
2: Yes, please oh, well, be I here to that. talk tonight, sports with Brandon.
5: I appreciate that. I will I will take you up on that. Joanna, I think be, Joanna becomes a church be a... mouse uh, when I start
1: talking sports because she doesn't have a clue what's going on. I don't get it. She just knows baseball preempted her uh, viewing last
5: night on Fox.
2: Yeah. So, what
5: okay. were you normally going to watch?
2: I was going to watch Bob's Burgers. It was the Halloween episode. Oh, my God. <laughs>
5: oh, well, you know what? Halloween's not for another 12 days. I think you'll be all right this Sunday with another Bob's Burgers episode. How's that? I guess. All right, Cappy. Assuming uh, there is a game, yeah. Cowboys, what do we got? So tonight, uh, Dallas uh, hosting the Cardinals. Uh, and it's interesting because uh, Arizona comes in 3-2. and two. The Cowboys come in 2-3. and three. The Cowboys are one-point favorites, but I'll tell you right now, I mean, look, the Dallas defense has to show up tonight mm-hmm. because we know what Kyler Murray can do. We know what DeAndre Hopkins can do. The Cardinals will score points because everybody scores points against the Dallas defense. But I'm hearing Leighton, Andrew, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch is on his way back, uh, and that's going to be a big move for Dallas to get him back in the middle of that defense. And hopefully you know, Dallas can, can make some big plays offensively, I don't think there's going to be a huge drop-off with Andy Dalton like there was with Dak Prescott. I don't think Andy Dalton's going to have to throw for four or 500 yards like Dak did, but I think that the rapport that Andy has, he's a three-time pro bowler, he's been to the playoffs with the Bengals over the years, he's a pro um, and a vet. I think he's going to be able to throw the ball all over the place. You still have Zeke. That offense is not going to be missing much. I think the onus is going to be on the Dallas defense uh, more than anything, Brandon. They have got to figure out a way to stop one of the more entertaining and mobile quarterbacks in the league in Kyler Murray, who just makes plays. He makes things happen.
1: Do you think it could be detrimental to Dak Prescott if Andy Dalton goes out there just starts slinging it around and starts putting up big numbers?
5: No, no, no. He's 34 years old. I don't think that the... Cowboys are ready to just hand over the uh, team long term to a guy that's already in his mid thirties. Dak is their future. I really believe that. Um, but it would be interesting. It would make much. It would make a much better soap opera if Andy Dalton comes in. I said he's thirty four. He's thirty two. So he's thirty two, but he's been in the league ten years. Uh, Dak is twenty seven. So no, I, I think that it's a luxury for Dallas. But I don't believe that they're just going to ditch Dak if, let's say, Dalton goes on this great run. The Cowboys win a ton of games and and go to the playoffs. I I don't think it's going to have a huge effect.
1: Well, I'm not saying completely ditch Dak, and I'm, I'm especially not saying just hand the reins over to Andy Dalton. But it could be detrimental for Dak Prescott if Dalton is able to go in there and put up numbers. So then the Cowboys could look to Dak and say, look... We've got Amari Cooper, we've got CeeDee Lamb, we've got Ezekiel Elliott, we've got uh, Michael Gallup, all of these weapons around you, we don't feel the need that, and if Andy Dalton was able to put up
5: decent numbers, maybe we don't need to pay Mm -hmm. you as much, you know what I mean? That, okay, that's, there, there's an argument that you can say that if this offense is geared for any good quarterback to win games and put up big numbers, then sure. But look, remember, the, the numbers that Dak were putting up were great, but they were losing all those games. They weren't even winning them. So, you yeah, know, you but that's not on him. 500 that, yards
1: and you lose. That's completely on the defense. That's, I mean, the Cowboys losing those games didn't have anything to do with Dak.
5: Well, okay, yes and no. I would agree about 90% of that. But remember, as great as Dak's been playing... He still fumbles and he turns the ball over. And that's something you got to eliminate. You got to get rid of those interceptions and those fumbles lost. And that, the fumbles, especially, have been a bigger problem for Dak over the years than maybe the interceptions because he's cut those down. But you can't just give the ball back on a couple of occasions and then, a de- and then the uh, opposing team punches it in and suddenly you spotted them an extra seven points. You can't yeah, do you, that either. You're so.
1: giving them a short field, basically, sometimes. Remember that Falcons game where they were able to come back and get the victory? It seemed like that first 10 minutes of that game, it didn't matter who on the Cowboys was holding the ball. It was like it was slathered in butter.
5: It's my only complaint about Dak Prescott. I, I just think that you got to stop giving the ball away like he has. Uh, other than that, he's been unbelievable. He's a, he's a franchise quarterback, and I hope they pay him what he deserves, but that's been the only thing. If you really want to nitpick, yeah, he turns it over too much. But um, th- b- back to tonight for a second, I mean, you know, look, this division that they play in, the NFC East, Absolutely horrible! Horrible. Mm-hmm. The Eagles lost yesterday. The Giants and Redskins but played the Eagles a game that did nobody hold their wanted own. to win.
1: The big the Eagles did hold they their did. own against a
5: damn good team. They, I mean, they almost came back on the Ravens. Yeah, but there were how many how many points did they spot them? That was the thing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't take a team like Baltimore and suddenly fall behind like they did. I mean, they were they were down twenty four to six going into the fourth. And it took a 22-6 uh, you know, effort just to get close enough to try to win it. And that's the problem. You can't take teams like that and spot Lamar Jackson, um, you know, 18 points and expect to win a game in the fourth quarter. So you know, the, the Eagles, they're 1-4. in They're 1-4. in and, and, and Washington won. and the Giants each have a win. One win. So, I mean, you look at the way this division is shaping up. I mean, they're, you know, the Cowboys, all they have to do is play mediocre football and they should win this division by a couple games.
1: Yeah, but then what's going to happen when you hit the playoffs? You need to, you need to have something. Yeah. And, and hopefully Vander Esch coming back, and hopefully Sean Lee eventually coming back uh, is a big boost. So the UTEP game was canceled on Saturday because Southern Miss had a bunch of positive COVID-19 tests. And this was right after the city of El Paso had come down with new regulations for the city. They were reducing capacity at places back to 50%. Um, yep. And a, a lot of people keep bringing up this question that has to do with... The Locomotive and UTEP being allowed to have games, but other events being canceled. Now, we got to speak with the mayor about this. And the way he explained it to us was it's out of his hands. That's out of his jurisdiction when it comes to the UTEP games and the Locomotive games because that comes from the governor. And I think something that happens a lot with this is people want to choose to complain. Oh, well, I can catch... uh, Coronavirus at my kids' high school game, but apparently I can't catch it at the UTEP game. You can't make that direct relation. You know what I mean?
5: I do, I do. But unfortunately, like you said, there, you know, it, it, there's two different ways to handle the, um, you know, the jurist. I guess the restrictions, uh, so to speak. Look, here's the thing: the locomotive seats nine thousand fans. They had 1,600 there on Saturday. Even when they were given the opportunity by the governor to increase capacity, they did not. They kept it the same from when they started till uh, Saturday night. They have not changed it. UTEP, had there been a game Saturday, was still going to be at that 8,500 capacity. And from what I was told prior to the game kicking off, they were pacing at still about that 6,000 mark, even with the team having that 3-2 and two start. So it wasn't like they were coming uh, closer to the, the 8,500 mark. And if you watch the way these games are and the way they're being designed, look— if you social distance and you wear your mask and you do what you're supposed to do, and even if you're going to have a great time at these games, which probably fans are, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to be much better off than if you were packing each, other, you know, packing these games in like sardines, sitting next to each other, and ultimately putting together a, a super spreader event. So, I don't know. I, I look at this and I still think that it, as long as you're at that, you know, that. Fifteen to twenty percent capacity, and you're doing it the right way, and you're and you're not trying to you know break all the rules, not wear a mask, scream, yell, do all this, but you're doing it within the with within the limitations. Uh, you're going to be in good shape.
1: Well, next up for the Miners, it's going to be this coming up Saturday. They're on the road again. They're going to be at Charlotte. That's a 10 a.m. Mountain Time kickoff. And of course, you can check all uh, check out all of the UTEP minor football games on 600 ESPN El Paso. They're going to be at home again coming up on Halloween. That's going to be a noon kickoff as they take on North Texas. And I think I'm a out, game. i a winnable game. And that's see, and that's like you were talking about people having fun in the stands. I think a lot of it has to do with they've been competitive. They've not only won some games, but even when they lost to Louisiana
5: Tech, they were in that game. They're a fun team to watch. Yeah, It's been, listen, outside of Texas, all right, and that was the one game. But outside of Texas, they've been in every game, and they've won three of those four games, uh, you know, not including the Longhorns. And you're right. I mean, it's – look, fans – did, we had no expectations? I thought the miners would win three games this season, and I was being criticized saying, "Wow, you're giving them three? I, I think two, or I think one." And that was the way we were talking about this team before the season started. I just thought it'd be a big rebuilding year, and all of a sudden, now all you know they're right there, and they're um you know they're playing good in conference so far. North Texas is definitely a, a winnable game, just like Charlotte could be a winnable game for the miners. So you know if the if UTEP comes out and plays everybody the way they've played against teams like Monroe and Louisiana Tech, they're going to win some more games. I don't know how many, but you know what? They've got a quarterback, they've got a running back, they've got a couple receivers, and they've got a defense. And you build that, and all of a sudden you've, you've got some things going, and you have confidence. They have, listen, they have lacked confidence over these last uh, three seasons. They've won twice in three years, okay? Twice. And Think about that. And now they've got three wins through five games, and they really had it through four. So they, they have confidence. They know they can play with everybody. They know they can win games. So, yeah, it's a totally different UTEP team, and what I'm excited about the most is at these positions like the skilled positions that we were talking about a moment ago, these are all freshmen and sophomores, Brandon. Fresh so they're going so to be coming back. So they're going to be
1: good for a few years at least. And for for UTEP, as of now, there's at least six more games on the schedule. If they end up rescheduling that game against Southern Miss, they're going to be looking at seven games. Call your shot yep. right now, Cappy. How many total wins for the Miners this year? Knowing
5: they're already seven, three see. and two. I said three at the start of the nah, year. I can't I'm you, I'm, I'm allowed, it after five I, games. I, I'm I allowing you to change it? it.
1: I am the football no, god right now who's no, allowing you to change no, it. No, no, no. No, we're doing it up. To, look. No.
5: You can't giving you a chance to update your, your, your prediction there, Cappy. All right, I'll give them another... I mean, they should win a bunch. But I'll just say that because I, you don't want to jump, you know, get too crazy and too ahead of yourself. I'll give them six wins this year. How's that? That's pretty good. They'll double I, what they have right now.
1: I would say that that is a, a very solid season for UTEP football. Something that I don't think they've seen, at least since I've been here. And I've been here for five years. Um, college football in general. I've been and-
5: here for 40. And, <laughs> and I haven't seen this in a while. All right? I can count their winning seasons on one hand. It's been that kind of a thing. So, yeah, this is there's definitely reasons to be optimistic about this football team.
1: Well, as far as college football is concerned, it's, an article was just put up, I think it was on ESPN, where it was saying, let's kind of look at the halfway point in college football because we almost are. We have teams that have already played five games, but you also have two of the Power 5 conferences that haven't even started yet. you got the Big Ten and the Pac-12 that both are still idle and are still like a week and a half away from even beginning the season. So right now, at least if you're going with the AP Top 25, your playoff teams would be Clemson versus Georgia and Alabama versus Notre Dame. There's no way that that's your Final Four, correct? Like, there's no way that we can expect that.
5: No. No. No, but that's what happens when you're dealing with three of the five Power Fives. So you're right. Once things change a little bit, you'll start to see um, teams get added into that equation, assuming they're able to play games, especially in the Big Ten. And, you know, the Pac-12, I don't know what to expect this year from them. We'll see. They're playing a very limited uh, conference-only schedule. But Big Ten, I think, has some some potential for sure.
1: Well, you have Ohio State sitting at number 5. You've got Penn State sitting at number 8. And then as far as the Pac-12 is concerned— it's really a one team. I mean, you have two in the top 25, but you do have Oregon sitting at number 13, and then you have USC sitting at number 24. and with their limited schedule, do you see Pac 12 getting into
5: a college football playoff? It's hard to argue that they that they would deserve their spot given the fact they're playing so such fewer games than everybody else in college football that's That's difficult. Then again. If you have a team, let's say like Oregon, that goes undefeated, beats everybody and beats them all convincingly and doesn't really have any trouble at all, including the the, the Pac-12 championship game then i guess you can make that argument so that's there is going to be such a headache this year it's almost why i wanted to see the playoffs expanded this year only just so they know with with the circumstances that you're dealing with how they can you know be a little more lenient on teams getting in but yeah i think i think there's going to be a ton of arguments and debates uh, when we get to that point because of teams playing unbalanced schedules and and the argument that hey my schedule was tougher than yours why should you get in and, and we won't and things like that so it's going to be tough
1: yeah this definitely- definitely... Definitely would have been the year to expand it to, even if you expand it to six, and you give the top two teams a bye, and then you have three versus six, four versus five, and then you move on uh, with that schedule for the playoffs. But that's not what we have. We just have the top four. So that's what we're going to be at now. So you've got uh, Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, Georgia. Um, It looks like, I believe, both Texas and Oklahoma have dropped out of the top 25.
5: Good. They don't deserve to be in. You saw that game. It was a slop fest until the end when they all got it. You know they were all exciting in the uh, in the overtimes. But the first quarter and a half was some of the worst football I've ever seen played. So yeah, it was bad. Really bad.
1: As far as Texas schools go, the highest ranked we have Texas A and M. They're at number seven when it comes to the AP top twenty-five. All right, Capu, uh, To
5: Fair wrap enough. things
1: up here, we got the World Series set to go. It's going to be uh, first pitch tomorrow night. You can follow it on ESPN six hundred El Paso. You've got the Dodgers taking on the Rays. Who do you got in the series?
5: I think it's going to be a terrific series. I love what the Rays have done because nobody knows any of these guys. I mean, when did you ever hear the name Randy Rosarina? Up until the uh, you know the playoffs, he's been amazing. And you've got a now. Here's the thing: if you are a Chihuahuas fan, you have to root for the Rays, right? Because they have two former Chihuahuas on the roster: Manny Margo, who's been hitting home runs, and Hunter Renfro. Those are two guys that were part of the core four when the uh, Chihuahuas uh, were able to to win. And they are now both fixtures on this uh, on this Rays team. So if you're a Chihuahuas fan, you got to go Rays. Although, listen, the Dodgers have not won a World Series since what year, Brandon? What was the last year the Dodgers won a World Series? Was it '89? Close, close. Joanna, did you have a guess?
2: Damn, '89. That's the year I was born. Was it before or after '89? Before. '87.
5: All right, I'll, I'll, right in the middle. 88 was the last time the Dodgers won a World Series. 32 years ago, guys. That's a long, long drought for Dodger Blue. So, you know, they've been in the World Series. This is their third appearance in the last uh, four years now. They just haven't won. So, as much as I love the Rays' story, and I think they're fun to watch, and and nobody knows who the heck these guys are. They were the best team in the American League. The Dodgers are the best team in the National League. I will take Dodgers... In six, how's that? Dodgers in six in the World Series. I,
1: I would go with that. I'm, I would like to see the Dodgers win. I really like the Rays' story. I like the fact that they're one of those small market teams with a small payroll, yet they're still able to, you know, field a team that that had the best record in the American League, and they've made the World Series. But I would also, more specifically, I'd like to see Clayton Kershaw go pitch lights out in the World Series because he's one of the most dominant pitchers we've ever seen in our lifetime in the regular season, but there's just some playoff monkey that's just on his back that he cannot seem to get rid of. And he struggles in the playoffs. So I would really like to see him step up and just throw some amazing baseball here. Um, for for the World Series, and and I'd like to see the Dodgers. Yeah, how about the D- how about it.
5: the Dodgers? Not even the Dodgers didn't even use Kershaw in Game Seven yesterday. That mm-hmm. tells you something. On short rest, they would rather have tried their their hand with a bullpen game, which worked, than uh, than go with their ace uh, in the game that matters. So you're right. I would I think that you know if you're a Kershaw fan, you're rooting for him to just pitch the lights out in the uh, World Series, um, and and get it done. But I think it's going to be terrific, guys. I don't know. Mookie Betts is a superstar. Yeah, now is. you look at what. Corey Seager's doing for the Dodgers at shortstop he's been unbelievable. Don't forget about Bellinger, Justin Turner and that crazy beard and Bellinger's big home run yesterday. Yeah, there's so many great storylines for both of these teams. I just think it's going to be fun. So, was I hoping for Dodgers Astros, you better believe it. I wanted every, there was a bad blood hatred throwing at each other that Joe Kelly uh, situation where you know he was so upset with the Astros. I was ready for Astros Dodgers just because I thought it was going to be great drama. But the Rays are the best of two teams, so they won, and now they deserve it to be right there with the Dodgers. I think it's going to be good, uh, good baseball, guys, and can't wait to see tomorrow night. Uh, and we will be broadcasting all the games on six hundred ESPN El Paso.
1: All right, Cappy, we got the Dodgers in six. We'll see you
5: tomorrow. Sounds like a plan.